Yeah, basically the process that we follow, number one, you gotta own up to the truth. Gotta own up to the ugly ass truth. What is the shit that you're lying to yourself about? You know, what's the stuff that you're sweeping under the rug? You know, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, right? But then you never get, like I said, we are the world's best bullshitters, right? Like we'll, we'll talk ourselves out of anything. We'll justify it any way we can. And we'll, we'll look, actually look for proof in the world. And we'll be like, yep, see, told you, right? We got to own up to this truth. And it's got to go deep, man. For the guys that come in, like this is one of the hardest things that they do because they need to fully tear themselves down. The fucking ego wants to you know, tell you that everything's all right and that you don't need any help. But is that really true? Is that another lie that you're telling yourself? So you own up to that truth and you just basically break yourself down so we can build ourselves up. What is going on, gentlemen? Guys, welcome back this week to another amazing, very exciting episode of The Superman Life. Before we dive into today's guest and conversation, let me just remind you how incredibly grateful thankful we are to have you here with us today guys i am frank rich your host here at the superman life and we're the only podcast in the world that is dedicated to helping men level up in those five key areas of his life yes we're talking about his faith his fitness his finances his family and ultimately pursuing that freedom so that he can step into life that he was created to live guys we have an amazing guest uh somebody i just recently got connected with you know one thing that's amazing about being in this space and being in this industry, whether it's the online coaching, the content creation, marketing side of things, or really this podcasting space, is you soon find out how small this world really, really is. And today's guest is somebody that probably should have crossed paths with before, uh, recently got connected with Travis uh, through one of our mutual friends here, and a big fan and guest, uh, former guest of the show, Chris Wilson. Go back, check out episode three. Yes, we're going all the way back to the beginning, episode three with Chris Wilson. Uh, he works over there at Strong by Design Podcast and is also the v VP of content uh, for Team Critical Bench, which I've done a lot of work with over the years. Uh, but he introduced me to today's guest, and we just instantly hit it off. And I knew it was something I wanted to bring on. I wanted to have a conversation with him about what he's doing, about how he's changing other men's lives, about how he radically transformed his lives, and how he is helping men level up through his forged father online program. So joining me today is none other than Travis Stetzel. Travis is a husband. He's a father and coach who specializes in helping high achieving ex-athletes dads destroy the dad bod and get back their edge in life so they can be the best leader and role model possible for their family. Now, Travis has owned and operated the Ford's athlete gym for over 10 years and has helped thousands of men transform their lives through his online coaching program, the Forged Father Project. Travis has shown it possible to stay in top shape while also balancing out the craziness of being a dad, a father of four girls with a fifth on the way, and an entrepreneur. He was ranked seventh fittest man in the world in the 2018 CrossFit Games as a Masters 35 to 39-year-old athlete. I'll repeat that again. The seventh fittest athlete in the world in his category and division. So this is not your guy that is, you know, joining commercial gyms. This is somebody that is competing at the highest level of athletics in the world. So I wanted to get into his mind a little bit. I wanted to get into his training. What makes somebody like Travis, what makes, what makes a seventh fittest man in the world? We talk about some of the work that he's doing over there at the Forge Father. 
and how he helps men develop the MVP in their lives. Stay tuned and make sure you stick around to find out what your MVP is and how you can develop it so you can level up, turn pro like our friends Stephen Pressfield likes to say, and forge your own path. So guys, without further ado, let's get into today's conversation. If you're getting value out of these episodes, guys, we want to thank you for joining us. But if you could take a minute here and let us know, let us know your feedback. So whether you're listening there on Apple, whether you're consuming this on Spotify or whatever audio platform you're on, if you could take a few minutes and leave us a five-star rating and review, that is a way that you can get back so that we can reach more people. Guys, telling Spotify, leaving a, a quick review is truly the currency, right? So this is what's going to tell this algorithm. This is going to tell these platforms that, hey, Frank and his team over here at Superman Life and his guests are bringing incredible conversations on a weekly basis. And we need to distribute it and get it out in front of more people, guys. So if you can take a minute and leave us a rating and review if you're getting value, we really, really appreciate that. Without further ado, guys, let's get into today's conversation with Travis Stetzel on how you can turn pro and forge your own path. We love you guys. We'll see you on the other side. Travis, my brother. Welcome to the Superman Life. Hey, happy to be on, man. I'm excited. Yeah, brother. Uh, looking forward to, uh, to today's conversation, man. You know, in, in doing research for you, um, you know, it's interesting because I can walk into most gyms, me personally, you know, pretty much my entire life and probably be top seven fitness in most gyms. Uh, but I know in 2018, you were recognized as top seven fittest man in the world in a specific category. Can you talk a little bit about uh, that experience, that journey, and, and what it did for you competing with some of the most high-level athletes in, in the world? Absolutely. Yeah. So 2018, uh, seventh fittest in the world within the 35 to 39-year-old master's division in the CrossFit Games. It was a, a, a dream come true, a lot of hard work, blood, sweat, and tears uh, put, in, put into getting to that level. And I guess where that started was I was in my basement working out, and I remember my wife and I, uh, this was after having our, uh, like we had our daughters, we had, had two daughters at that point, and uh, on one of the walls, we painted it chalkboard right? So you can like write on it and stuff like that. And I remember for whatever reason, I was finishing my workout and I went up to the wall and I just wrote at the very top, I said, 2018 CrossFit Games Masters top 10 in the world. And I just underlined it. And I made a decision. I remember that night I had a conversation with my wife with everything that we had going on. I kind of got her blessing first because the amount of work that it took to, you know, I was training three times, sometimes four times a day and prep for that. So I, it was almost like a Rocky, that Rocky scene where uh, Adrian kind of says, win, you know, and then he's just like, he goes freaking ham and just trains and trains and trains. And we had that conversation. I said, I, I really want to gun for the games this year. I, I have the belief in myself that I can make it this year. You know, I just turned, you know, 35. Let's go for it. And she's like, yeah, go for it. So, you know, after that, it was just balls to the wall and, uh, we got her done. We got her done, man. So it was, it was a great experience, man. Um, and it's interesting getting to that level. I think something that's very important to share here is on the way to the CrossFit games. I remember this very clearly. I was on the plane. You got all those like nerves and <clears throat> all these doubts in, 
insecurities, if you will, start to pop up in your mind. Like, do I deserve to be here? Like, am I actually this good to be competing within the top 20 in the world? Like, it's still kind of just, you know, you're soaking it in. And uh, I was reading this book at the time, The Power of Now. Have you ever heard of the book, Power of Now? Eckhart Tolle? Yeah. And I was just reading through it and it was like, you know, letting fear of the future pull away from the present, even, you know, what, what's happened in the past. And I just read it at the right time where I was like, why the fuck am I allowing all of this? What ifs, what if I fail? Or what if I make an embarrassment of myself in the competition? I had no control over that. All I had was the control over the present. Enjoy this, soak it in, man. And that was a big shift in mindset right there alone. I think I competed much better that weekend, but it was just me as a, like a competitive athlete period that shift that took place on the way there uh just it's it's applied to so many different things in life so but yeah it was a great experience and uh i'm happy to have you know accomplished that but now it's 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 turned towards just doing that stuff for a little bit more enjoyment now and uh, we actually got another child on the way so we got four daughters already my wife is pregnant with number five so we're hoping and praying just for a healthy baby. Um, if it's a girl, it's a girl. I already know how to kind of bring girls up. If it's a boy. All right, man. <laughs> so is that something you guys are going to wait to, to find out or is it just too early in, in the process to know if it's a boy it's or girl? Still, it's still too early, but, um, my wife, she's, she's coming up on being 40. And so her doctor really, really pushed us to get genetic testing done, which we had done in the past. And, um, you know, so we'll find out. My wife is not big on surprises. We've done it before with our second daughter. We, we managed to make it all the way through and we didn't know what she was until she was born. I actually, for a second there thought we, we had gotten a boy and I was wrong. Um, but the third one, we just, we found out right away. Um, and yeah, we're going to do the same thing this time around. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, going back to that chalkboard moment, man. Um, if you can maybe speak to a little bit of where some of the, the initial belief, I know you talked about some of the doubts while in the journey, but it sounded like for you, um, the moment was crystal clear, right? I'm going for top 10. And, 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 and when you share the story, you spoke it with a level of conviction. Where did that initial belief come in, in you? I know you have a pretty decorated athletic background. Was it just your previous successes or was there other internal kind of, uh, work that you had done yourself that led to a lot of that belief. Yeah, I think it was all leading up to that point. And when I, when I wrote it down, you know, it was something that I would see every day and it would re spark that, that faith in myself, you know, like without faith in self, like you're damn near dead in the water. And a story I oftentimes share, if we go way back, you know, I've been an athlete my whole life, you know, since I can't even tell you how young I was when I first started, you know, wrestling and playing baseball and football and all these different sports, but it was wrestling, uh, in particular, went to this huge tournament, uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I remember going out there, you know, having high hopes and just got my ass kicked. You know, I had all the talent, I had all the skills, but I was just a mental midget, had no belief in myself. I'd actually lose before even stepping on the mat. And I'll never forget on the way home from that tournament, you know, I, I went out there with 
two of my buddies, so my dad and their dad drove us down there and it's a big thing. Like we spent a lot of money and took a lot of time to do this thing for me to go down there and just kind of lay down and die like I did. So it's kind of embarrassing. <clears throat> Granted, I wasn't even that old yet, but on the way back, I'll never forget. What age? You know, what age? Uh, I want to say we were seventh grade. I was seventh okay. grade. So not quite high school yet, but I remember coming back and everybody in the car is asleep except for me. I'm awake and my dad and my buddy's dad are in the front seat, you know, speaking back and forth. And my buddy's dad turns to my dad and he says, you know, Scott, you know what the problem is with Travis is he's just a big pussy. And I remember hearing him say that and it just like pissed me off because I knew he was right. I was going out there and I was just being timid. I was being afraid. And I was just fucking laying over and dying. And so I remember we got home that night. I didn't speak a word to my dad. Didn't say anything to my, my mom. Just went into my room, cranked Metallica. And I just freaking worked out. Like I had a weight set in my room, started doing pull-ups, push-ups, banging out bench presses, doing curls, just sweat my ass off. And I still don't know how my parents didn't wake up that night. Cause I'm just like blasting Metallica in my room and they never came in once it was kind of that moment where that initial like you got something going on up here that needs to be fixed and it, it kept popping up through my high school career I choked as a senior in wrestling was ranked you know number two number three all year went down to the state tournament at the very end I was one of the favorites to win fucking choked didn't even place you know those moments were like tough moments to get through but as I aged, I looked back at it and I used it as a learning tool, a lesson to not have that lack of faith in self. Like you're, you're capable of like so much more. It all starts with that faith in self, you know, setting goals, setting outcomes. That's like step number one. Yeah. You need to be clear with what it is that you want to achieve. But number two is you got to have faith that you can actually achieve it. Because when you have faith, now you just need to step into that role and become that individual and be that individual every single day to fulfill that vision, that outcome. And so that's literally what I did when I wrote it up on that chalkboard. It was like, I would see that because there's days, you know how this goes, you know, you get into a workout and you're like, man, I don't want to be here today. I don't have that fire. I don't have that desire to, you know, do. maybe I'll just check the boxes today. Boom. You see that thing written up on the wall. You reconnect to that vision, you reconnect to that purpose, and that fire gets lit again. It's like, all right, what are you going to do? Did you really mean what you meant when you wrote that up, or did you just write that up there to be cool, right? And so that's where it starts, man. That's where it's yeah, connected. Talk about the importance of failure, if 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 you can, and where 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 I kind of want to maybe take this. So we had a we had a, a men's masculinity coach on a few episodes back, and we got into the discussion and topic around heartbreak and, you know, really looking at it through the perspective that heartbreak in a relationship is really an initiation process that all men need to go through. I don't know if you would agree with that. You know, I don't know the, the background story with you and your wife, but, you know, I think a lot of men, young men in particular, you know, they... They, they find their dream girl early in life. Maybe it's a high school sweetheart. Maybe it's somebody they meet in their early 20s. And it's like, it doesn't work out. And many men never bounce back from that initial heartbreak. In reality, there should be a lot of lessons that can be learned. It should, it should initiate you into becoming the man that essentially is going to find the right, the right partner in, in, in your life. And I'm curious your, your take on failures and setbacks of, is it something that you think that most men need to experience 
early in life, like big, big time failure. Can you speak to that a little bit? I'll just share the, the background and the story with my wife and I. So I experienced heartbreak with her, you know, so we dated, we dated for seven years before we got married. So for three years we dated and then we broke up for a year because just certain things happened. Trust was broken. Um, she actually cheated on me. Right. And, um, we're open about that. And I believe, you know, there's a lesson right there, right? Most guys are going to be like her, 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 it's her fault. It's her fault. Was it really? Or were you just not being the man that she needed? Were you not listening to her, her needs? Were you not, you know, fulfilling certain things that she needed? And looking back at that, I wasn't, you know? And so either way that happened and I like casted her out. I was like, you're done. You're dead to me. She moved away for a certain period of time. And so I, I did my thing. I remember I fully poured into myself, just did everything I could to, to build myself up. I, was, I had just started my gym, so I was pouring my heart and soul into building my gym and my clientele there. We kind of went our separate ways, and long story short, like she, you know, made her way back into my life. And I remember I wanted to put up all barriers and just say, nope, done, bridge is burnt. But, you know, certain things in life happen, you know, and you just get this feeling like, okay, she's back in my life somehow, some way, for a reason. Like, let's, let's just entertain this and see where this goes. Cause I had been away from that for a year and I had, you know, looked different routes. And so she came back into my life and I just gave it another opportunity and we kind of broke through. And I think it took that to reconnect our trust with each other. <clears throat> and we just kind of owned up to the truth, you know, her and I, and, and I think that's what has made our marriage so freaking strong. Like a lot of my friends will ask me like, do you and your wife ever fight? And we'll have disagreements, but we never, we have never fought. We have never had one of those like just terrible situations where, okay, I'm going to sleep on the couch, you know, or she leaves or whatever. We've always been able to kind of reconcile and keep things under control and just communicate between one another. And I think it's the adversity that we faced, the failure, the ultimate failure that we faced years and years and years ago that has made us that much stronger today. Right. Yeah. And so failure is a part of the process. I mean, we look at it within certain areas of your life, business, you know, you look at it with your fitness, you're failing every single freaking day in the gym. You need to, like, you need to take yourself to that place of, you know, failure. That's how you grow and get stronger and, you know, push to new limits. And so failure, failure is definitely a part of the process. And with everybody that comes into force father, like one of the things that we talk about initially before they even start their journeys is there's no quitting. Absolutely no quitting. Once you start, you need to be all in and committed until the end. It's about failing forward. That's it. That's what it is. Cause quitting is a decision. Quitting the little effort that it requires is you're, you're putting effort into quitting. You're, you're choosing and deciding to do that. If you just decide to go the other route and push forward, all the gifts are on the other side of that adversity and that, that, that resistance that we face when we fail. Yeah, no, I love that, man. And, you know, a lot of a lot of the work that I do outside of this podcast is, is you know, it's in the it's in the neuroscience space. So I have a company we, we help guys with porn addiction. Right. You know, a lot of this is kind of neural, you know, neurological firing patterns of a behavior. You know, there's this fancy buzzword, you know, neuroplasticity. A lot of people throw it out without really understanding the meaning behind it in order for neuroplasticity 
neuroplasticity to take place, like the actual, like uh, the, 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 um, the trigger for it is failure. Like you have to fail in order for your brain to seek out the new outcome, to seek out the new change. And that's how you can develop these new patterns. You're speaking about it in the gym, right? We're, we're seeking failure every single day. Talk about it in work. Like you need to put yourself in positions where you're going to fail, learn, and then acquire the new solutions and skills that are going to move you forward. I love what you said there at the beginning when you talked about, you like initially a lot of guys are going to look at, you know, uh, a woman cheating on them and be like, that's all on her. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to push off, but it's like, you had this awareness to kind of look internal. And I'm looking behind you at this, this list of, of, of virtues or values here and sitting right at the top is ownership. And what I heard you say is like, I took ownership for, for my life. I took ownership for the outcome of my relationship. Can you speak to your perspective on ownership, how it shows up in your life, how it shows up in the forged father in the men that you work with? Yeah. Another, another story to share with this is, the very reason I started Forge Father um, was for myself initially. I needed to figure my shit out. I needed to take more ownership on being a present husband, on be, being a connected father, being a, a successful businessman, but also tying in all these other things that I wanted to be successful in. So I can't ever sit here and say that I have allowed my health and fitness to completely slip and fall off track. Like I can't say that. However, I can say that I was a shitty father and I was a shitty husband for a good amount of time. Whole first eight months of my, my oldest daughter's life, I was very seldomly there. And when I was there, like legit, like there in the room, I wasn't there. I wasn't present. I was so freaking addicted to growing my business that I lied to myself that, oh, I'm doing this for my wife and I'm doing this for my daughter to to build this new house that we have and, you know, supply this, this freedom filled life for them. But in actual reality, I was doing it more so for myself to just es escape that. I was scared of, you know, trying to figure this dad stuff out. Right. And so it took that first eight months and it's interesting how it goes because there are certain points where my wife and I, we'd have conversations and she's like, you know, you're putting business first. Oh, well, it's for you. Like, why are you going to get mad at me for, you know, working so much? You're not working. You're being a, a stay-at-home mom. So I'm putting the blame on her, you know, finding ways to take the pressure off me and put it back on her. And so that kind of went on for a certain period of time. And I would kind of sink back into my old ways. I'd talk about how I was going to change and how I was going to get all my shit together. And I wasn't going to be working as much. Eight months, we're lying in bed one night. And my wife just starts crying. And so I reach over, I grab her on the shoulder and I'm thinking, Mr. Perfect over here, what's my wife crying about? Like, what's got her upset? What happened? The last thing I thought it was, was me. But that was exactly what it was. What she said to me was, I feel second best to your business and I'm falling out of love with you. That fucking stung, man, right? Cause I'm busting my balls. That's the story I was telling myself. I'm busting my yeah. balls. I'm giving you everything you've ever asked for. How dare you? Right. But that was the slap in the face that I needed because all I needed to do is visualize in that moment, like not having her, not having my oldest daughter in my life. I said, mark my words. I will be a changed man from this point forward. No more bullshit and no more tolerating this shit. When you start to see me slip, I want you to call me out on it because I, I'm going to make a change. And that's when I started to seek mentorship and coaching on time management and, you know, just 
focus, discipline, how to develop all this stuff. And so that's when I went to the drawing board and I developed what we have inside the Ford Father today. And it's funny because this morning on Instagram, on my stories, I, I'm reading, I'm rereading Turning Pro, right? Great book. I'm sure you've read that, right? It's the press fail. We've had him on the show. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's the part in the book where he says, you'll always remember when you turn pro, right? And so for me, that was the moment when I said, I'm going to turn pro or what we mm. like to call become an uncommon man. That was the moment when my wife brought that up. That was the moment for me. And I asked her, you know, earlier, I was like, am I, am I being a good husband? Am I being a good dad? And she's like, you're being the best I could ever ask for. And that like made me feel good. But I, I told her I'm, I'm obviously continuing to work towards being better and improving like complacency is the killer. Right. But I remember that moment very, very clearly. And that's, that's really what changed the trajectory for me. And, you know, what it is that we do is, you know, strive to become that uncommon man, you know, no average in, in life, no mediocrity. There, there is no room for that shit. Yeah. No, I love that. Mass, massive fan of, of, of that book, man. There's been, there's been a handful of moments here, you know, in, in, in my life. I mean, there's been one with the show, you know, we're coming up on four years of, of this podcast. We're at episode 177 here today. You know, the first 30, 40, it was like, I'm having a good old time. I'm interviewing a lot of my friends, no clue what the hell I'm doing. You know, lucky to have a listener here and there download, whatever. But there was this point where, and I think it was probably around the time I had, I had Steven on the show because he asked me, you know, we, 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 were, we were discussing the resistance. He's like, what's the resistance that, that you're currently facing? And I'll be, and I was completely honest with him. I was like 100% vulnerable on that show. I was like, honestly, Steven, every single time I turn these lights on and get ready for these things, I hope the guest doesn't show up because I lacked a lot of confidence and belief within myself. It's like, what the hell am I doing hosting a podcast? Like nobody wants to listen to me and we had an offline conversation after that and, and he pointed me in the book man he's like you feel that way because you're not you're not a pro at it yet he's like you're not putting in the prep work he's like you're not understanding your guests you're not understanding how to carry a conversation you're not understanding how to interject how to pull back how to let the guests speak how to share these things so that book is massive man guys check it out turning pro I'll link it down there um curious for you travels uh you know as you talked about that that pivotal point you know and then you kind of went down this path of becoming an uncommon man can you share with us what some of those initial steps that that you took um in terms of turning pro and how it turned into becoming an uncommon man yeah basically the process that we follow and the process that i took myself through was number one you got to own up to the truth got to own up to the ugly ass truth you know what what is the shit that you're lying to yourself about you know what's the stuff that you're sweeping under the rug you know i'll get to it i'll get to it i'll get to it right but then you never get to it and it's just this we are the like i said we are the world's best bullshitters right like we'll we'll talk ourselves out of anything we'll justify it any way we can and we'll we'll lo actually look for proof in the world and we'll be like yep see told you right <clears throat> but we got to own up to this truth and it's got to go deep man um for for the guys that come in, like this is one of the hardest things that they do because they need to fully tear themselves down. The fucking ego wants to, you know, tell you that everything's all right and that you don't need any help. But is that really true? Is that another lie that you're telling yourself? So you own up to that truth and you just basically break yourself down so we can build ourselves up. Is there a process you have for that? Like, I mean, I, 
a lot of people say that, right? Tell the truth, own up, take responsibility. Is there a specific process that you take the guys through? Right. So yeah, it's, it's mapped out. So there's a series of questions. It's like surface level first, and that starts to get a little bit deeper and then it gets a little bit deeper. And then we got to look at different areas of your life as well. Right. So a lot of guys, they come in and what's interesting is they might come in initially just looking to improve their health and fitness when that's not even the fucking problem. The reason your health and fitness sucks is because another area sucks. Like where are you really dropping the ball? You know, and so we got to dig deep with that stuff and it, it is a process. So it's not, you know, a lot of things out there, it's going to be like, yeah, own up to the truth. Like, what are you, what are you not doing? And you can stay surface level with it, but that's, that's never going to create any sort of impact. Again, going to that failure point, you got to take yourself there, man. Like if you're not shedding a tear, you're probably not going deep enough. Right. So that's step number one is owning up to that truth. And then we go into what we call your MVP. So your MVP is your mission, vision, purpose. And so it starts with getting very, very clear with what this vision is. Vision is all about, you know, what is it that you want? A lot of people stay surface level with this and that's why they don't move. Because there's, there's not enough pressure to push them forward. There's not enough pain. You know, so you got to go deep with your vision. Like, what is it that you want? How do you want to look? How do you want to feel? How are your relationships? What do you do for a living? How much money do you make? What do you do for a living? What does a day-to-day in your life look like? A lot of guys don't even fucking visualize about that. Oh, I want to lose 30 pounds. You know, most of the people that said that they wanted to lose 30 pounds on January 1st and that this was going to be their year, they're already fucking done. It's February 27th. They already dropped off that journey, right? And so getting very, very clear with what your vision is, step number one, a part of that, connect it to a purpose. What is your purpose? Why do you want this? You know, despite all the craziness that you can hear in the background, like my purpose, that's my purpose right there, man. My wife, my four daughters, doing it for them, but also we got to be selfish. We got to do it for ourselves. If you can't look in the mirror and be 100% honest with yourself and say, I, I am fully satisfied with what I see. I'm a badass. I have confidence in myself. My cup is full. You know, I'll come across guys that, you know, they don't want to admit to that. They're like, Oh, my wife says I look good. Okay. She says that you look good, but do you feel that you look good? Cause if that's a no, then it doesn't matter what she says, right? That's external. We got to look at the internal here, the purpose, right? Cause once you connect that vision to a purpose, We go back to the mission. The mission is the daily work that you need to get done. It's that simple. What do you need to do on a day-to-day basis? Actions, training, nutrition, you know, how you stay focused during the day. Like the tactics and strategy side of things, that's the easiest part. Coming up with a plan on, you know, reverse engineering all this stuff. Okay, this is how you want to look. This is how you want to feel. This is what you want your day-to-day life to look like. Okay, let's build a plan. That's the mission. That's what you need to complete every single day. That's going to move you forward. So that's kind of the process. And another thing that I'll add in, like the final thing is like, once we have all this shit built out, it's like you have this vision for yourself of who you want to become. Now it's about having integrity and and living in alignment with that individual that you're looking to create. 
integrity. You know, people want to throw this word integrity around, right? And it's interesting. I'll have conversations with fellow dads and they're like, oh yeah, I always keep my word. Do you? I bet you do. You keep your word to your, your kids and your wife and your employees and all your friends. And that's easy, man. But you're fucking breaking your word every day to yourself. And that's the problem. Yep. So to uphold that integrity, remain in alignment with this, this, this figure, this character that you're looking to create. You're looking to create that man for, for who you want to be, but who you, who you want to give to the world, man. Yeah. Integrity, integrity starts within first. Like, you know, the truth and you know, whether or not you're, 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 you're living it. And I'm sure that plays a massive role in the faith and the belief within yourself, right? Like if you know, every day, like, you know, alarm clock, you know, goes off at five 30, but I'm going to hit snooze. I'm, I'm, I'm living out of integrity. I said, I'm not going to look at the images on the screen yet. I'm returning back to it or I'm sneaking in a look when the wife gets up, you know, from the dinner table, like I'm looking at Instagram, whatever, like it's out of integrity within yourself. And then that's going to play a role. I'm assuming you would agree with this in your faith or your self-belief within yourself, because it's like, you know, subconsciously, like you're not walking fully in integrity. Nope. I mean, you can't ever lie to that man in the mirror. And that, that brings up a good point because if, if you want your wife to trust you, if you want your kids to trust you, if you want more respect from your family, from the people around you, you need to start by respecting yourself. You need to start with trusting yourself. And how do you build that shit up? Well, you follow through on your word. It's that simple. So we start with the, the vision that, that leads us to our purpose. And then ultimately the purpose is what's going to give us our mission, which is our day-to-day actionables, like our, like our non-negotiables. When we're casting this vision, how far, like, are we, are we projecting it far out three, five, 10 years into the future? And then we're bringing it home. Like, where do you kind of see the ideal window of like, okay, cause sometimes it can be too far, right? Like if you go like, like 50 years down the road, it's like, I, I, how can I understand how that's going to lead me into what I'm supposed to do today? So what's your kind of ideal vision thinking into the future? Me, I want to go big just so you have that overhanging like, okay, where do I want to be? But it's, it's hard. Like we don't know where the hell we're going to be next month, right? But we can certainly plan for it and, you know, work towards it. But so I like to have that big vision, but then we just, we chunk it down and we, I'm, what I've come to find over the years and I've tested things out in multiple different ways, like six, let's do six months. Let's do, you know, uh, three months. 16 weeks is where we start. It's like four month block, man. Like we got this big vision and I'll be honest with guys. It's like, dude, you want to be ripped freaking savage. Like that's certainly out there in, in, in the future. We're probably not going to get there in 16 weeks, but we can certainly get a big jump forward to set ourselves up to get to that point. So it's all stepping stones. Right. And kind of going back to that book that we were talking about, you know, the power of now, you don't want to go too far into the future where, you know, for some guys that, that becomes overwhelming it, it, and it's intimidating. And so they're like, fuck it. That's going to take two years. And that's the problem. A lot of people don't have long view, right? They start to think about how long it's going to take and then they don't want to do it at all. But here's, here's the secret. Like once you do get there, if we're to fast forward and get there in two years, give you, just give you this transformation, you won't value it. You'll lose it. Yeah, I was having this conversation with somebody at the gym uh, earlier today. You know, the, the number one indicator of success in any area of your life is the ability to delay gratification. How long can I hold off that reward? This is why 
lottery winners go broke bankrupt, 90% of them bankrupt within the three to five years. They have the millions. They think they wanted the millions, but no, in reality, what they ultimately wanted was to become the person that could create millions of dollars because without that transformation, without that process of who you become, the reward in of itself is, 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 is meaningless. The reward is the work that yeah. you do yeah. in the process. I tell my guys all the time, the reward for hard day's work is the hard day's work. Yeah, you get, the, you get to experience that, man. That's yeah. what it is. That's what yeah. it is. You said something um, about the guys coming in. They think, you know, when they come into the Forge Father, they think they're coming here for a fitness transformation. You know, we were talking offline about, we know a lot of the same people. You know, I, I hired Vince Del Monte to be my business coach. We got him coming on the episode or coming on the podcast here in a few episodes down the road. But when I first hired Vince, I remember something he really shared with me because even back in 2017, like I wanted to do more than just fitness. And obviously that's led into the podcast and all the work that we're doing now. He said, Frank, guys are going to come to you for the fitness, but they're going to stick around for the life advice. Talk about how the kind of the response and feedback once these guys get in thinking that they're going to hire you to help them get six pack as reality you, you're, you're helping them change who who they are becoming what's what's the feedback that you get from men really before they even start i have to bring this up because a lot of times guys have gone through a series of programs you know oh what are you doing oh you go to a crossfit gym now or you you have a gym membership or you've tried this program and that program and those programs have been proven to work with other individuals why doesn't it work for you? Oh, you think you need a different workout or, you know, uh, nutrition. Well, the fundamentals work with nutrition. It, it just doesn't matter. Right. So it's always kind of breaking through that. And oftentimes it is, it's just like, okay, we just need to get you very, very clear and consistent with training and nutrition first. And you're going to figure out that the discipline that you have with your training with your nutrition and what that gives you back, what it gets rid of, it gets rid of the negative attitude. It gets rid of, you know, just the lack of motivation. And you, you start to see those results because you're consistent with the training and nutrition. And it builds up that, that positive energy into an individual. So yeah, they are a little bit more disciplined in other areas and it starts to bleed into other areas of their life. But for a lot of guys, we have that conversation on the, on, on the front end. You know, it's, it's not about the fitness and the nutrition side of things. It's about you as an individual, what's going on on the internal side of things. Cause all that stuff, fitness and nutrition is, is ex, it's external. There's so many different types and methods and protocols that you can use. It's all external. What we develop is an individual that is just unbreakable. You get to a point where adherence is the skill. So I could put any blueprint in front of you and you're going to fucking crush it, hands down, even if it's the wrong blueprint. Like, I don't know if you're against keto or not, but like, I'll give you keto, right? It works, right? But it doesn't matter if you don't want to eat keto, but your, your adherence skill is like there and you'll, you'll just do it because your mindset is locked in. You'll do it. You'll, you'll follow anything. And that's where you want to get yourself to. It's just, you're, you're not going to break. You're going to make a decision and. You're not going to waver from it. Yeah. No, I'm not against, I'm not against any of them, man, because I, you know, I, 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 I think, I think we have a similar, I think we have a similar take on, on a lot of this, you know, the number one nutrition plan or diet that's going to work for you is going to be the one that you can adhere to. And I probably would have said I'm against vegetarian or veganism uh, up until, and here's why. So I had a genetic specialist on 
Um, and they, there's actually a specific gene that like 0.05% of the population has that makes them thrive in a vegan based diet. Once again, not something I would ever want to subscribe to, but there's a small minute percentage of the population that that is the ideal for their DNA, for, for their genes. So yeah, I've done it all, man. Um, something I wanted to ask you about, uh, taking kind of a, a slight pivot change of, of direction here. I saw this post, um, this morning by a good friend of mine, um, Dr. Trevor Bachmer. I don't know if you know Smashworks online, but, um, he highlighted circled. It was a news media outlet. I don't know the, the media outlet it looks like it's mirror. There must be some small, um, media organization, but the headline says good nude for good news for dad bods. Women find these more attractive than a six pack. Research carried out by Planet Fitness showed that a dad bod is preferable to solid abs. Just curious your thoughts on that. Incorrect. <laughs> right? It's just, it's appealing to the masses, man. I mean, it's, it's unfortunate. And it, it, you bring that up. I think this was a couple years ago on my Instagram. Uh, one of my clients actually sent me a DM. He's like, can you believe this shit? Like they had these mannequins that are actually fat and they're like dad bod mannequins, right? And I'm just like, that's just, it's ridiculous. We're, they're just appealing to the masses now. They're, they're actually allowing average to be acceptable. And that's sending the wrong message. And I remember I posted that and I talked about it. And of course you get backlash. You get people like, fuck you. Like you're body shaming. Like, how dare you? Like you're actually spreading the wrong message. And I'm not sitting here saying that you have to have a six pack and be the leanest dude on the planet. And if you don't have that, then you're a terrible dad. We go back to what we were talking about before. I don't know anybody that can legit look at themselves in the mirror unless they're completely okay with being average and mediocre and having shitty health and shitty energy, looking at themselves with fucking moves and a huge gut hanging over their, their freaking you know, belt and saying, I'm fucking proud of that. They might talk shit on the internet and be like, fuck you and your body shaming. But inside, the reason they posted that comment is because they're triggered because the truth hit them a little hard, you know? And so I'm against it because I'm for excellence, man. I, I want to, we were not put on this earth just to settle and check the boxes and be okay with fucking average and average, you know, average people get offended. They feel, they, they get, they feel like that's an attack when, when people say that that, that isn't right. We, we shouldn't push for that. That's my thought on it. But again, you know, I have a lot of friends and I have even guys in the program currently that are still working away from that. That's the key. Yes. They don't have six pack abs today, but they're not where they want to be. They're actively working to get there. Are they a shitty dad? Are they a shitty husband? Hell no. They're probably there. I know a lot of guys that don't have six pack abs that are amazing husbands, amazing men, you know, in the world. But it's just, it's just really comes down to, okay, well, what's truly acceptable? And if that's the real truth for that individual and they're like, I'm 30 pounds overweight and I'm, I'm totally fine with it. You know, there, there's going to be people out there like that, but we're probably not for those people. 100, 100% we're not. And I, you know, I, I don't even like, you know, the, the article or the conversation in one way is really a trap because it's, it's, it's putting people against and it's like, Neither one of us are saying that if, 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 if you don't have a six pack, it doesn't mean that you're not great, but don't accept that you're less than you can be. Even as a six pack, most men aren't accepting it. Like I want eight, like I'm, I'm striving to be all the jacked lean shredded guys that I know are like pushing it harder, even 
the next day because they know that there's another level for, for them. So I think that's where the conversation is, is, is really needs to be focused on is like, okay, just because you're not shredded, just because you don't have six pack, just because you're not jacked or you're not the strongest guy, you're not top seven in the world doesn't make you a bad person, but are you working towards becoming better? And I think that's where it's kind of speaking to is like, let's just accept that we are how we are. We can't change. We can't get any better. We're just going to accept the status quo and we're not going to strive for greatness. And I think that's the danger is when you're not working towards a better version of your current self. That's, that's what needs to be happening right there. Just what you said right there. And again, it comes in, down to integrity of self. If you can look at yourself in the mirror and truly be proud of the effort and you know what you're putting out and gifting to the world. If you are 100% in alignment with that and you back it and you know in your heart that's, that's where you want to be, great. Who am I to? I'm not, I'm not looking down on anybody. And you know what's funny about that? You bring up the social media, right? I put up a post about a month ago, uh, three, three weeks ago. Since then, it's, it's absolutely gone viral. I've probably grown like 40,000 followers since then. But it's either a positive, a positive comment or it's an absolute like negative comment. And of course, all the dudes coming out in the woodwork, TRT, steroids, fucking roid belly, blah, 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 blah. It's like anymore on social media, if, if you have a six pack and the person commenting like roids or whatever, Chances are they probably don't have a six pack. And since you have one, you're on steroids automatically, but it just blows my freaking mind. You, you see that and people get it and they're like, man, that's inspirational. You got me off my ass today. I'm going to put in the work. That's what that was for. And then you got other people like, who the fuck are you? Like, like you're, you're, why don't you, why don't you talk about how, how many steroids and, you know, drugs you're taking. Right. And that was actually a conversation that Chris and I had uh, initially was, uh, a post that I did about, you know, what I felt about like cheating and, you know, performance enhancing drugs. And I've never taken a drug in my life. It's lifestyle. This is 20 plus years of work and discipline and sacrifice. And, you know, it's just lifestyle, right? But you see those comments and I'll tell you, man, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing to maybe possibly in some way get through to these dudes that are just blasting these negative comments. And that's typically how I come back at them. I'm like, hey, man, DM me. You know, let's see if we can fix this. You're obviously triggered by what you see here. And so you want to throw, you want to cast stones because you're probably denouncing what you, you gave up on. And so let's fix that. Let's, let's fill you with positivity yeah. and get rid of this negativity. Because here, here's what I know. People that are winning, they don't have time to hate, man. They don't have hate to give. Nobody's, nobody's yeah. hating up. Nobody's, nobody's, nobody's hating, hating up, up, right? Up. Nobody doing better than you is tearing Never. you down on, Never. on your post, man. You're a better man than me it's because just... I see some of these things. And for me, I see a guy that probably has no faith, belief in himself. He's lying to himself. He's not keeping his promises. He doesn't keep his word. He knows he's a fraud. He knows he's not living in alignment with who he wants to be and who he can be. So his defense mechanism through the social media is because now we have a voice, no matter who we are, we can go tack somebody down. Nobody that's ever going to say anything to like through a social media post, looking you in your eyes, man to man would own up and say that like social media has created this whole other problem where it's like, like people can speak in a way. It's like, if he said some of these things to somebody in real life, like you get your teeth knocked out. Let's be completely oh, yeah. honest about it's, some of these things. So it's just, it's, it's, it's just funny sometimes, man. And, and you, the funny thing about that, you know, when you get these comments, you know, 
my coaches that I've worked with, like I got some that are like, you know, totally ignore them, don't comment back. And then I got other coaches that are like, that's an opportunity for you to possibly get through and help somebody. And the, 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 the much younger me was just like, oh, I'm going to attack this guy and belittle this guy. But now I'm just pouring into the hate. I'm just adding it into the negativity. And so I see that and I try to come at it in a way that, hey, there's an opportunity here. Maybe I can possibly get through to this individual and, and help what, what they got going on inside of them. But with a lot of them, they don't want to hear it. The ego has blinded them. And uh, they, they always want to get the last word too. So you, you, can, you can just never get through to them. It's just comical. Some of the replies that I get. Yeah. Oh, I've, I've heard Dr. Andrew Huberman talk a lot about that. Like there's, there's a dopamine component to like mm -hmm. needing to get the last word and like, give like this did little, he comment back? Oh, he this did. Little I'm hit. Get him. Yeah. I'm going to comment. I'm going to get him again. And then they're, and then they're waiting for the next reply. And it's almost like they're, they're addicted. Like it becomes a whole nother form of compulsive behavior and a whole nother form of, of addiction. Curious what you consume because I, I I love your mindset. I love just like your like you know the, the positivity, like you know the, the the framing of things. How you see, obviously, this is a byproduct. The work you do on yourself, who you are, how you coach, how you lead. But I'm also assuming you mentioned a couple books here. It's 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 what you're consuming as well. Can you speak to the importance of blocking out the negativity, being focused, and knowing what you're putting into your mind and into your brain? Right, absolutely, man. And I I tie this back to one of my first mentors, Bedros Kulian. Uh, which is interesting because I remember first mastermind meeting that I had with Bedros had no idea what to expect. Uh, I was just there to like learn if like, how am I going to market this, 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 uh, this new program that I have, how am I going to make it big on, in the in online world? And this day was so transformation, uh, transformational for me because of what he spoke about in that first meeting. And one of the things that he brought up is, you know, he, he talked about like, no more TV, stop watching the news, stop listening to the radio. You know, it's all negative shit and it's all just like pulling you off the path. And at first I was like, why is he sharing all this stuff with us? Like stop reading, reading the newspaper, you know, stop checking your emails first thing in the morning. And then it totally clicked. It's like, we have got to be so protective with what we let in because it's going to dictate what we put out. And so for me, it's when I work out anymore, it used to be just like blasting, you know, music, but I, with the amount of stuff that I have on my plate, I typically have an audio book in, I'm listening to podcasts or whatever. So I'm constantly just filling my brain, my mind with, you know, good stuff that creates new ideas that, you know, creates new feelings and, and emotions. And it's just continual growth, man. And I can't even tell you how many times I've listened to you know, Napoleon Hill, um, think and grow rich and then outwitting the devil. Um, gosh, what's, what's the last audiobook that I had uh, winning by Tim Grover, you know, those types of things. And then I'm just cycling back through turning pro right now. I'm reading back through that, which that's a, that's a super quick read. I mean, it's just power packed with stuff. No excuses by Brian Tracy, which that book, um, I remember I bought that book after I had initially joined, uh, Bedros' mastermind like way back in, gosh, I want to say it was like 2008 maybe was when I first joined his mastermind. And I just went out and, you know, bought a bunch of books and no excuses, like one of the main books. I remember I didn't even read through it when I first got it, but it was like years later, I picked it up and I just read it straight through. And it's interesting when you read through books the first time, and this is how it should be, is you read through it and you catch certain things because you're at a certain level. And then you go through life experiencing new things implementing new things 
And then you go back through and you read the book and you just pick up so many new things from different points of view because you're on a higher level and you're like, ah, now I get that. I understand it. Right. So a lot of the stuff in the No Excuses book, when I first read it years and years ago, I was like, okay, I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now it's like it hits so much harder because of the level that I've gotten myself to. And I'm I'm not even on that high of a level. Like there's so much more to go. Love that. I've talked about that a lot with for me, that book has been Think and Grow Rich. It's been a it's been a yearly read um since 2016. And there were certain chapters that became really clear and apparent to me around 2018, 2019. I've led a lot to some of the work that I'm doing here today. I love that. It's like your perspective changes. So you're obviously going to read and uh, take, take out many, many different things. Um, talk about, I know you've been eight, nine years. You've been running forged father. Is that, is that correct? So officially, so I've always, I've had my online coaching business. Uh, gosh, probably since 2012. And then it officially kind of morphed into the Forge Father back in 2000, late 2017. Okay. Okay. So decade plus in general, and then about, about six years specific with the branding. Curious, what is maybe one thing that coaching has taught you that that was unexpected? Obviously, you know, you're going to do this. So you're going to, you're going to produce transformations. You're going to help guys get more fit. You're going to help guys get more more strong, more physically aware? Like what's something that either you've taken away in your own growth from working with men that was unexpected or just a byproduct that is like, holy shit, I wasn't expecting this to happen through the work that I was doing. The biggest thing that I've taken away from that is that coaching, uh, you develop the skill for coaching. So instead of telling people what to do, you give them a clear path and let them figure it out. Like you can't, you can't be so quick to give them the answer. And over the years, that's made the most impact because for a guy, it's interesting. Like I can give you an idea right now. I can say, nope, this is the way to do it. And you're going to be like, all right, that's what Travis said. So it's still kind of an external thing for you. It might hit hard and connect, but maybe not. Whereas if I'm like, all right, Frank, so this is our problem, man. This is where we want to get to. Like, what do you feel is like really preventing us from getting there? Oh, I don't know this and this and this. Okay, well, what do you think the best, you know, way to attack that is going to be? This and this and maybe, yeah. And just helping them arrive to the fucking answer. It's their answer. They got there. I just gave them the clarity to get there. It's that much more connected. It hits that much harder. Now, now they've leveled up to a whole new level. And teaching them that you can... You can get through this, man. Like you can take yourself through this. And I think that's a huge skill set. It's just really problem solving. How good of a problem solver are you in life in all these different areas? Yeah. Well, Tony Robbins has said it and, and Dr. John D. Martini as well, uh, who, who we've had on the show a couple of times, both say, you know, the quality of your life is dictated by the quality of questions that you ask yourself. And a lot of times the coach's role is to help said client, whoever they're working with, ask the proper questions. And that's really what I was kind of hearing you say is like, hey, I'm not gonna show them the blueprint. I'm gonna lead them through a series of questioning so the blueprint reveals itself to them. Following that, what are, what are some of the questions that guys, that you've seen guys aren't asking themselves that they should be? Hmm, that's a really good question. I think it's a core belief question. And this is stuff that we revisit in the program all the time because it's like, 
my man, the blueprint is clear as day in front of you. You know exactly what you need to do. You know what you need to execute on, but you're not doing it. So let's ask the question, what is really holding us back? Is it that you're busy? No, it's not. Is it that you're tired? No, it's not. Is it your kids? Is it your wife? No, it's not. It's something going on inside, which is typically linked to a story of some sort, a lie, if you will, that you're telling yourself. And it's usually connected to a core belief, limiting core belief on why this isn't going to work. Why is it not going to work? Let's, let's pinpoint what that is. And that's a huge breakthrough for individuals. It's like a big aha moment. It's like, holy shit. Like for me, I shared the story about, yeah, I was a pussy. I was a pussy mentally would quit on myself before I even started a, a certain project. Right. That was a core belief for a long time until I was like, holy shit. Like I was aware of that, but I never actually like attacked it full on and like eliminated it that I actually grew from it. So I think, I think that's a big question that guys need to ask themselves is like, okay, well, what, what's really preventing me from what's this invisible force that's stopping mm-hmm. me? Yeah. Look in the mirror. In, Look in the in mirror. It. And in, and in Pressfield's language, that's going to be that, that resistance. And that force is yep. always going to be there. Guys expect that force not to be there. It's like the minute yep. there's any type of resistance, like, ah, oh, let me kind of t- t- turn away. And it's like, yeah. no, when you feel that, that's often the sign that you're in yeah. the right direction. Yes. Like you're, you're, yes. you're, you're moving towards something greater. You should, you should greater feel resistance, because, man. Yeah, because if it wasn't, you're, it's like, what the hell are you doing? Territory. Dude, this has been incredible, man. Travis, this, this has really been, this, this is blown by. Talk about your day, man, if, if, if you can. You know, what does a, a day in Travis uh, Stetzel's life look like as a business owner, training, father of four? Yeah, what, what, what's your routines? So I developed what we call rise and conquer routine that, that we do. And in, in, there's a framework to it. So it's not the same for everybody, but there's, there's like the same components to it. So for me, all my personal develop development happens first thing in the morning. Like that is the magic time. I know once my daughters get up and it's like school time and that's their time, man. So I need to take my time. So first thing that I do, I wake up. I have not missed an ice cold shower for over seven years. So for me, it's about the mental check. It's the mental test. I'm going to get that first W on the board outside of, you know, never pushing the snooze. I'm up. I don't have an alarm clock. Once I wake up and I'm like, here, there's no more laying in bed. I'm like, up. So I get up ice cold shower immediately. I come down to my office here and I usually do a little bit of reflecting, like what's on my mind, get it out on paper. And then I elevate my energy through what I call a daily 250. Um, just this past year, I decided to make that a part of my daily routine every single day. Last year on January 1st, I decided just to, I'm going to do it every single day leading up to, I was doing it about three times a week outside of my main workouts. And basically what it means daily 250, I'm going to get a, in 250 reps of something like a mixture of like push-ups, pull-ups, just real easy, quick things that I can do, right? Like it's not a full blown workout or anything like that. Um, it's just a mixture of stuff to get the, get the heart rate up, get the, get the blood pumping. So I'll go through that. And then I will do my focus session in the morning. I look at my schedule. What do I got going on? I start to get dialed in. And then at that point, it's, it's usually family time. So we get the girls out the door for school, uh, help my wife with that. And then I usually hit my main training session 
here in the gym, which is usually so four to five times a week. I'm training like actual training session outside of my two fifties, which is like 45 minutes to 60 minutes today. I just, I had, uh, about 30 minutes to work with. So I just did some Olympic Olympic lifting real quick. Um, and then after that, it's, it's, it's all business stuff, business stuff up until about five o'clock and then it's family time. Awesome, man. Love that. Um, just dialed in and the, the consistency, man. I mean, that's, that's what, that's what really jumped out there. Um, Travis, tell the guys where, uh, where they can find you online, where, where do you spend your time mostly and, uh, anything big, exciting you got, uh, up and coming on the, the Forge father will bring the conversation to a close. Yeah. You can find me on Instagram. I've been putting in a lot of work over there on Instagram lately. The Forge father is the handle there. You can find me, uh, destroydadbod.com. Uh, is a great place to start. You can download uh, what I call the Uncommon Man four-phase path. It's a PDF guide that lays out, you know, what we do, uh, the frameworks and the processes and the systems that we follow inside the Forge Father to help elevate your life and become an uncommon man. Um, but uh, yeah, outside of that, Facebook. I mean, search the Forge Father, you'll find me. And yeah, feel free to send me a DM. Like I'm here to, you know, help create clarity however I can guide you in the right direction. Awesome. And yeah, guys, we'll get all that info uh, plugged down there in the show notes. If you're watching on YouTube, it'll be down in the description there below. Uh, so Travis, we'd like to end every conversation here with the same question. Obviously the title of the show is called the Superman life. For me, when I talk about living a Superman life, it's really a belief system. It's, it's a way that I try to show up every single day. I think it ties a lot into uh, your beliefs as well. Um, I do believe that we're all put on this earth for a purpose. So there's a calling on each and every one of our lives. Uh, but knowing that and accepting that I don't believe is enough. We must be very intentional about our growth, about our development, about who where it is we're becoming and how we're bringing that purpose to the good for others. So that's how I kind of define living a superman life, but I always love to get the guest takes. So Travis Stetzel, as we bring today's conversation to a close, how would you define living a superhuman life? I think that's very close. I mean, it's in direct alignment with what we push within Forge Father and being an uncommon man. It's essentially, what is your purpose every single day? It is to Put in the work, build yourself into that man that you want to be, that fulfills you, that you can then gift to the world. Incredible. Um, right in right in line. And I I had a very, uh, I knew that was going to be the case, man. So uh, Travis, it's been an absolute honor, man. I've really enjoyed this. Um, definitely something I want to make sure we link up again. Uh, I want to support you in everything you're doing. So guys, make sure to check out Travis's work. Um, connect with him on Instagram. And uh, we may have you back, man. You know, we got to hear the news on, on baby number five is... Uh, is is the oh, good lord going to bless you with if a it's big a boy, boy. <laughs> if it's a boy everybody in the universe will will know the world is going to know man um <laughs> yeah so guys uh connect with connect with travis and uh if you're getting value out of the shows we ask you here every single week guys uh if you're new here and you enjoy today's conversation give back by leaving a five-star rating and re written review but more important if there's a man that's in your life maybe going through some of these struggles and challenges that we touched on here today do us a favor and do him the blessing by sharing this conversation with him but for travis a forged father frank your host. We love you guys. We'll see you next week.